Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Tony Kolank about his novel Shadow in the Dark, book one in the Horrorwood Mysteries series. The book is due out this July from Loyola Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. Tony Kolank is a retired lieutenant colonel from the U.S. Air Force. He is currently a law professor teaching courses on constitutional and military law. In addition to writing for teens, he has been published in numerous journals and magazines. His YA historical fiction series, Harwood Mysteries, is set in 12th century England. In book one, Shadow in the Dark, a young peasant named Alexander is injured during an attack on his village. After waking up in a Benedictine monastery, Zan tries to recover his memory and, with his new friends, uncover a mystery. Thank you for joining me, Tony. Thanks for having me, Emma. What inspired you to write this medieval mystery? You know, I uh, I got the idea for this book. Um, you know, I'm a father of five children, and I'm also a military retiree. And uh, it was on one of our journeys across the country with my family. My son was 12 years old. We were uh, homeschooling him at the time. And this was when, you know, the Harry Potter series was, I think, in its full craze and and we're just talking, of course, I've always you know, wanted to write a, uh, a novel like this and just talking to my son. I thought, you know, it would be wonderful to have a book for teens that would be both, you know, suspenseful and engaging for kids, but at the same time might be able to deal with, you know, some deeper issues, uh, you know, issues involving, you know, who am I, uh, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life, those types of things and doing all of that sort of in an environment where, um, it's not only historically interesting, but it's also an environment where uh, there's a context of faith, um, such as, uh, you know, during the Middle Ages at a Benedictine Abbey. And trying to put all these elements together seemed like it would be, you know, original and something that, uh, you know, could be beneficial to kids and something that I'd enjoy to write and that I'd want my own son to read. Can you talk about your research process for bringing the Dark Ages to light? <laughs> yes, I'm not a historian um, by trade by any means, and uh, I had to do a lot of research, although I really like this uh, time period in English history. There's a lot of exciting things that are going on, both uh, you know before and uh, during and after the, the time of Shadow in the Dark. But uh, despite my best uh, research, and you know, uh, you can only learn so much uh, through books, um, and so even in, in some of my earlier drafts of the book, there were definitely some details that were not quite right. And what I wound up doing was consulting with an expert, uh, Jennifer Paxton, Dr. Jennifer Paxton, who actually is at Catholic University of America. And she actually was uh, and, and still is an expert in 12th century monastic life in England. And uh, she very graciously offered to consult with me. We spent uh, several days together um, meeting at different times, um, looking at the different books, and she helped me to fine-tune a lot of the details. And then I had the pleasure a few years ago of 
uh, traveling uh, when I was teaching in France for a summer with the, with the law school I was teaching at. I took a few weeks and went to the UK and just sort of traipsed about on my own. Uh, I'm, I'm 50, but I was traipsing about like I was 18. Uh, you know, I'd never had a chance to do that. And got a chance to visit a lot of the places, you know, in the areas where I was writing uh, this series and just uh, really enjoyed doing that and seeing some of the places firsthand. Did you discover anything about the time period that perhaps challenges common assumptions? You know, I think, and especially for kids today, you know, I think they're under the impression that, you know, people were... Uh, you know, very different and the kids were very different. Um, But in reality, I'm not so sure that, you know, kids have always been dealing with the same types of issues, you know, when it comes to, you know, as they're getting older, coming of age. And I don't think kids in the middle ages were uh, necessarily dealing with any different issues. Um, They may have come up in different ways and there were different pressures, but the reality is, looking at issues like, what am I going to do with my life? What, you know, my parents want me to be or what my society wants me to be. These are things that, you know, kids in the middle ages were struggling with. And I think it's things that children today and teenagers today, especially are still struggling with. And, uh, and so partly that's one of the things I wanted to do, you know, with the story is even though it's, it's taking place in the 12th century, I feel like it's current in a sense that it has a a lot of those same struggles that kids go through. And I think that's good for, you know, for uh, teenagers to realize, you know, not only are they not alone in this, but this is something that teenagers throughout the ages have, you know, had to struggle with. You mentioned the importance of faith in the book. What role do you think spirituality has in Zan's journey? You know, the book, I mean, it's put out by Loyola Press, uh, which is a wonderful uh, Catholic book publisher, but I really don't consider the book a religious book per se. It's it's a book about two teenagers, especially Dan and his friend Lucy, um, who are essentially, you know, dealing with these, you know, life identity you know, issues along with a lot of other you know, bad things that are happening around them. And they have to solve these kind of spooky mysteries and go on the kind of, you know, cool adventures. And it just so happens that it's taking place at a time when, you know, it's at a Benedictine Abbey. You know, Zan's mentor, his main mentor is Brother Andrew, and and Lucy's main mentor is Sister Regina. So you've got a monk and a nun who are essentially raising Zan and Lucy during this period in their lives. And it's just in, it's a culture at the time. I mean, it's a culture that is just religion and God and the church are just part and parcel of being alive and growing up. And so um, very much, you know, yes, that's part of the environment, but it's very organic to the environment. So Zan, you know, as he's facing several difficulties, some of which I don't want to obviously give away, but, you know, some really bad things happen to him especially in uh, Shadow in the Dark. And, you know, he is having to face these difficulties and, and he does have, you know, sort of this religious context around him. And he's and he is struggling with the spirituality, much like I think many, you know, teenagers today might be, you know, asking questions like, you know, why are these you know bad things happening to me? Or, you know, 
is there even a place for God in my life? And, and those types of questions that I think are natural questions that, you know, most of us, whether we're teenagers or middle-agers, um, go through. The atmosphere you conjure within the Abbey and the perspective of the young hero reminded me a bit of Umberto Echo's The Name of the Rose. I'm curious, what were some of your creative influences? Well, besides uh, vivid imagination and and uh, just kind of growing up around, I, you know, I, I liked to read a lot of um, fantasy when I was a kid. And um, although these are, are not really fantasy books, um, you know, I liked... Uh, I liked obviously the Lord of the Rings and that type of uh, series. And, you know, I mean, even as an adult, I've really enjoyed, you know, Harry Potter and, you know, just kind of the vibe you get from those types of books. And of course, uh, you know, Ellis Peters with the, uh, the monk who solves crime in the middle ages uh, is right around the same time period. And so, I mean, I think a lot of the vibe was really just coming from maybe my own, sense of what, you know, what those things were. I mean, I've been around, you know, churches and old churches and just, I think I was just conjuring up some of my own feelings, um, you know, along with, you know, my understanding of, of the period. And, uh, you know, I was raised Catholic my whole life and around Catholic priests and, you know, monks and this type of thing. So I, I just kind of feel like I have an innate sense of kind of how, people would talk and think about these these things. As you mentioned in your bio, you're a professor of law. What led you to pursue writing for young readers? Well, you know, I've written a lot as a lawyer. You know, you have to write law journal articles on, you know, and on very interesting things, but also uh, to a layperson, perhaps very boring things. Um, and although I always try to write them with, with an eye towards making them as interesting and exciting as possible and you know, current events and this type of thing. The reality is, you know, there is a creative side to writing that you just can't fulfill when you're writing professionally, perhaps. Now, I, I also write uh, and have written a column for a, a homeschooling magazine for years now. And that's also enjoyable. But again, it's very, it's very distant. And so I think I always wanted to and have throughout my life always, you know, dabbled with writing stories and, you know, attempting various novels that most of them never finished. And because we were homeschooling and we had teenagers and especially my teenage uh, son at the time was right at this age, I think just all those things came together for me to, you know, really just want to put this together and, um, and was able to, uh, to finish it. Were you an avid reader growing up? I was, um, and uh, like I said, I, I really enjoyed The Lord of the Rings, uh, but I was also, uh, I read a lot of Star Trek novels as a kid, uh, more than I'd care to admit. And so, you know, science fiction and, and fantasy, not as much historical novels, I don't think. But I did, I did like to read, um, even as a kid, I mean, I remember in sixth grade, I read Jaws, which is probably a really bad idea. You know, to this day, my wife teases me about being afraid of sharks because of that. Uh, but, but yes, I read a lot as a kid and just I like to read fiction. And your five kids, are they big readers, too? <laughs> well, hmm, 
not as much as uh, as I'd like them to be, actually. Uh, no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. Yeah, no, it's kind of ironic. Uh, you know, I probably, out of all my kids, my son was probably the biggest reader. And, uh, but I, I, my four daughters were not really... Uh, we're not really avid readers, and even to this day, they're, they just uh, they don't read a lot for pleasure. So it is kind of interesting because it's it's very different than the way I grew up as a kid. But I guess we're also you know, growing up in a very different type of society right now, too. Have you ever shared your own work with them to interest them? I have, I have, and my son has been uh, the most in tune. I, if from the beginning, he was there with me kind of trying to develop these ideas. And as as the books were developed, he was, him and my wife were really the two who were sort of my sounding boards. And I remember, um, especially, in, in all three of the novels are, are done at this point. The other two are sort of in, in edit. But um, I remember at the end of, of one, actually, it's the end of the third novel. I'm not going to, of course, tell you the end of the third novel. But at the end of the third novel, I had an ending and my son read the ending and he was like, dad, that can't be the ending that, you know, that, that can't be it. It's gotta be something different. So then we had to like talk it through and rework it. Uh, Cause he was right. I mean, I thought it was brilliant myself, but you know, after uh, having him read through it, you know, he kind of disabused me of that notion. And uh, the ending that I have now is actually the one that I had to, uh, to rewrite based on his, his feedback. So he was very, engaged throughout the process again my other kids have, have read it but they're just not as uh, they're just not as into reading i also understand that you speak at events on homeschooling is that right yes and, and often i'm speaking on legal topics but um, i've also um, you know just spoken on other homeschooling related topics and, and you know the homeschooling community is great for readers i mean th- those kids read a lot and so that was, uh, you know, that's always been good for me to be able to touch base with kids that, you know, are interested in reading and are interested in in stories. And a lot of the homeschooling, uh, you know, conventions, they, they might have more religious families that are engaged in them also. And so um, I had, I've had a chance to, you know, have some of those, uh, you know, those families be able to read through the books and, you know, give me, you know, very positive feedback on them. What kind of effect do you hope Shadow in the Dark will have on readers? You know, I want the books, um, you know, and it's a continuing story, so Shadow starts us there. But as you follow Zan and Lucy sort of throughout their um, early teen years, you know, because each book really is is taking them probably at a different age, uh, you know, almost a year apart from each other. So they're getting, you know, older and you're kind of growing up with them. I'd really, I'd like my readers to not just, you know, feel very entertained and, you know, enjoy the books just on a story level. I really wanted to touch, you know, kids at a a level where they're really thinking about, you know, what do they want to do in their life and, and, and some of the bad things that they're going to experience in life. And and how do you deal with that? How do you process those situations? Um, Forgiveness becomes a big theme, uh, both at the end of Shadow and um, and throughout, especially the second book. And the kids will see will see through, especially how Zan is processing, not always in a very good way, some of these decisions and sort of where that leads him. And it would, 
it would be nice if, uh, you know, it helped teens in some way to, you know, just make, you know, those type of connections to their own lives. And when they have their own decisions to make, it would be wonderful if, if they'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I learned something from how this, uh, this boy handled it, even if it was in the 12th century and, and, and the downsides to doing it this way and, and the upsides to doing it another way. You alluded to books two and three. Can you share anything about what's next in the series? Uh, yeah, I'll do as much as, uh, I don't know if a Loyola would mind, but, uh, you know, the, the second, uh, the second book in the series, you know, this first book really involves, um, you know, bandits and this shadowy figure that's walking around on the Abbey grounds that, uh, seems an awful lot like, uh, the angel of death coming to take kids souls. Uh, the second book really has Zan traveling to, uh, Lincoln in England, which is a several day journey from the Abbey. And, uh, he winds up investigating, uh, what appears to be a haunted cathedral and, uh, and him and Lucy kind of have to figure that whole situation out. And then, uh, the third book brings him again, sort of away from the Abbey to another, uh, to another priory. And he has to solve a, a mystery of a stolen jewel, um, in that one, along with some spooky uh, magician type characters in the area. And, but as that all is going on, you know, he's still kind of dealing with this kind of big life choices question. Well, thank you for speaking with me about this series. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. And I appreciate uh, taking the time to speak with you today. Once again, I've been speaking with Tony Kolank about his novel Shadow in the Dark, which is due out this July from Loyola Press. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. <laughs>